Welcome to the Majus Pod, brought to you by Saints Peter and Paul Jesuit Church, a diverse Catholic community located in the oldest church building in the heart of downtown Detroit. For the links to the readings, check the show notes. Enjoy Father Gary's latest homily. He taught them as one who had authority. And the people said, what is this, a new teaching with authority? That word authority is a very slippery one in our English language because we use it to apply to many different situations, things, people. I'm going to just mention the most common one and then reflect on that to see what we can learn about the authority of Jesus here. So we ordinarily use that word to apply to someone who holds a certain office and they have certain powers because of the position they're in. So for instance, a policeman is an authority. He has a certain position in our society, right? And uh, government officials have a certain power and authority because of the position they have to set the laws of the land and make sure that they're enforced. Your boss at work is an authority. He's got a certain position. He can ask you to do things. Now, what all these authorities have in common in our ordinary understanding of the word is that they can, they can ask something of you, can't they? They can compel you, not only ask something of you, put a claim on you, but they can compel you to conform, to do it. Because if you don't do what they say, there can be negative consequences, huh? You could, if you don't do what the policeman says, you could get arrested. If you don't follow the law, you could end up in jail. If you don't do what your boss says, you could lose your job, right? So they can compel a response from us. Now, let's look at a very different kind of authority and one that we don't usually think of as authority. But I'm gonna mention some other people who can also put a claim on you, can in a sense compel you to act. So imagine someone among your friends or in your family who's seriously ill, maybe they just got out of the hospital from surgery and they call upon you for help. The poor outside our door who are begging put a certain claim upon us to respond. Those of you who are parents know well that your children put a certain claim on you, don't they? For your time, your attention, your money, your everything. You owe to them. Maybe our elderly parents put a claim on us for our care and our time. If someone reveals themselves to you, discloses their feelings, maybe that they like you, that puts a certain claim on you for friendship. And of course, the ultimate case of that is someone proposing marriage. That really puts a claim on you, doesn't it? (laughs) To give your whole life in response and to enter into the unknown together, a mysterious future. 
So theologians would say that this is actually a type of authority, even though we don't think of it as authority. It's a kind of authority that's based in self-revelation and the vulnerability of the person who is actually inviting us into something. They're speaking out of the depth, the truth of who they are, and they make a claim on us by revealing their own vulnerability and inviting us into something. The most clearest case is in marriage. We're invited to give ourselves in return, complete gift of ourselves for our whole lives. This kind of authority, this kind of invitation transforms us, can change our lives. This, the theologians say, is the kind of authority that God exercises. God never compels us, never forces us. God always invites us into mystery, into the unknown adventure of putting our lives in God's hands and entrusting our lives to God, making God the center of our lives. This is a kind of authority that Jesus has and that he exercises. It's the authority of invitation. It says he's teaching with authority, but what is he teaching? Well, we're right at the beginning of Mark's gospel. We haven't heard too much yet, but last week we heard he is simply announcing the kingdom. He is proclaiming that the reign of God is at hand. Reform your lives, your mentality, your attitude, and believe in the good news. It's that invitation to give ourselves over to God, to the reign of God. But it's always that invitation. That's what we see really in the first reading today where Moses talks about a prophet who's going to come. What makes that prophet so powerful? He speaks God's words. And what does that mean? Except that the prophet is speaking from this depth place, a place that's deeply rooted in God, is speaking to us about the things that matter most in life, what we're here for, what our lives are about. It's even in that second reading. I love the second reading. One Jesuit made a, a commentary on this second reading today. He said, St. Paul comes barging into our liturgy this morning and manages in one paragraph to offend everyone. <laughs> and I said, well, that's a pretty good description of that reading. Offending married people and celibates all in one blast. But we all know, uh, despite what Paul says there, I certainly know some married couples who are much more devoted to God and to the things of God than some Jesuits are. And we all know priests or religious who aren't very good models and aren't very devoted to God. So we know contrary examples to what Paul said. And Paul certainly must have known that himself. What's he really getting at in that reading? It's this same thing. It's the invitation. He says, I don't want to put any constraints on you, but I want to invite you, whoever you are, whatever life you're living, to center your life in God. He invites us into the mystery 
of God in our lives. St. Ignatius was really big on this. Those of you that have made an introduction to the spiritual exercises may recall the meditation called the Two Standards, where you are invited to picture Satan, the enemy, the bad guy, seated on a high and lofty throne, and he sends his demons into the world to you know, pull people away from what their lives should be about. And he says that the method that Satan uses is to entrap people and ensnare them with chains. It's an image just the opposite of freedom, entrapping and ensnaring people with chains. But Jesus sits in a lowly place and invites people to follow him, invites people. That's the authority of Jesus. He invites us to follow. And we know that his authority, because he is inviting people into the mystery of God, he calls people also to follow him into a relationship with him that will be a pathway to God. And we know where that leads. We heard that last week, Peter and Andrew and James and John were called. We know eventually they will be sent Anyone who is called by Jesus also gets sent to share in his mission and his work, which means that we who are called also share in his authority. Also share in that authority that we learn as disciples in the course of our lives to speak from that depth place of God's reality, to speak about what really matters in life to others and to invite others into that mystery of a relationship with God. Invite others into the mystery of following Jesus. And we have also that authority that Jesus has to cure this man who is possessed by an evil spirit. His authority is such that he can make a real difference in this world because he's speaking and acting from that depth place of the reality of God in our lives. He's able to make a real difference in other people's lives, to better their lives, to set them free, to heal them. And we also wondrously are called to have that authority to be able to make a real difference in this world, to bring healing, compassion, justice to other people's lives. You know, there are not many people in this world, when you look at the whole human population, there aren't many people who hold the authority of an office. But every one of us, every one of us, is invited to share in that authority of Jesus. To be able to reveal ourselves, disclose our own hearts, the depth of our own lives in a way that invites others into the mystery of the reign of God. In a way that invites other people to follow Jesus. And each and every one of us can make the lives of other people better. We are called 
and we are sent to lives of service and care for others. This is what we're here for. And by here, I mean here in this church. It's why we come every Sunday to be together, to listen to that authoritative voice of Jesus, which is an invitation to grow into the fullness of our humanity, into the depths of who we are as human beings, to touch again what really matters in life, what we're called to, to practice that love together, to rehearse the compassion that we want to exercise in the world. That's why we're here every Sunday morning. And it's why we're here in the big sense of the word here. It's why we're on planet Earth. It's the purpose and meaning of our lives. As always, thank you for listening. To learn more about the community at Saints Peter and Paul Jesuit, check out our website, sspjesuit.org, or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Links for all three can be found in the show notes. Until next time, be well and God bless.